name is Rhea Carmona, and this is Was That Good For You, a podcast all about sex and relationships. We cover everything from kinks to long-distance dating and everything in between. Today's topic is sex toys, and today's guest is... Hey, I'm Dana Savage. I'm the CEO and founder of Tango. We're a new direct-to-consumer sex toy company, and we make toys for everybody and everybody. I love it. I love that so much. I've been telling people that you were going to be on and that we were going to be um, doing a chat tonight and stuff like that. And I've been describing the website as like the glossier of sex toys. Stop. That's, you flatter me. <laughs> that's what it looks like. And it's like it's it's so cool that like there's going to be like a non-seedy sex toy oh, yeah. website. Because sometimes you like go on and you're like, even if no one's home, you're like looking behind Definitely. <laughs> I've definitely been sitting in coffee shops doing research on other sex toy <laughs> companies or manufacturers with like just dildos and like All boobs over. and like cock rings. Sometimes like <laughs> full like pornographic scenes. They're like, ma'am, you can't be looking at this yeah. in here. <laughs> I've, I've, had, I've definitely been with friends in coffee shops and they've been like, Dana, you cannot look at that. Have you ever been, so I don't know how it is in New York, but there's so many coffee shops here in LA that have like restrictions on the Wi-Fi. Hmm. Um, and I use my hotspot. Oh, that's amazing. I'm super impatient and I hate the moment when I've sat down, I've ordered, I have my coffee, I have my pastry, and I forgot to get the Wi-Fi code. Yeah, the and I'm just absolute like, worst. I'm not going to get up yeah. and deal with this. I'm just going to use my hotspot. Okay, see, that's great. Because the ones here have like these weird restrictions. Not weird, I guess I understand it. It's mostly porn. Yeah. But so before I did this podcast, um, I worked at Playboy. And there were days when I would like not go into the office or whatever, and I'd want to work at a coffee shop, and I could never work at a coffee shop. Really? Playboy is restricted. Really, even at Starbucks, and even stuff. like the content, even the content. Playboy.com. Whoa. I couldn't even actually. I couldn't even log into my Playboy email. Whoa, I'm yeah. shocked. It was like our Carmona just at Playboy.com. Anything with that word, wow. I guess, was. I think that there's like. I think there's an issue right now with restrictions being placed on like artistic endeavors that involve nudity. Absolutely. And kind of mistaking them for pornography. Yes. And I think that we've seen like American history has shown us like in, in our art that yeah. like art is pornographic sometimes mm-hmm. and if it's viewed in a different lens. Yes. It has to be viewed in a different lens. Of course. And yeah, that's the thing that, that was like so surprising to me too was I was like, Playboy is not porn and then I'm like I went on this whole thing of like do people still think that women posing nude and especially like a lot of people don't know this but like Playboy is in like a very different space than it was we don't um, retouch our women anymore we have plus size models we have like all different like it's just not like that our last like our couple issues ago we interviewed Tucker Carlson for God's sakes which like not that I like him but like that's the place that we're at where it's like interviews with political people next to like nudity so yeah. the fact that it was it was restricted like that was very shocking to me yeah when i think of the images on playboy i'm going to be like "Ooh, who was the photographer right oh yeah exactly it's art it yeah, is 100 percent truly art. or like who is the art director like they're so beautiful it's like yeah. the images they're like they're fully formed they're yes. like fully curated in a way that's in no way feels pornographic right so for yeah so it was it was always very frustrating for me and then there's other thing of like anything can turn anyone on so if you're if you're kind of putting a cap on on imagery based on nudity because nudity is supposed to turn you on it's i don't know yeah it's kind of it's assuming that nudity turns everyone on and it's assuming that nudity is the only thing that turns people on exactly and i think that people get turned on in public all the time Oh, yeah, they do. I mean, being in the sex space, and I'm sure you know this, oh, people yeah. get turned on by some shit that I I am shocked by. We don't kink shame around here, and I am shocked by. I have yeah. this one fan who has been commenting on my, whether it's YouTube videos, Instagram, Twitter, for literally years. Um, 
just always asking, can I see your spine? Oh. Yeah, which I had never heard of or knew what that was a thing. I can um, see how that can be beautiful, But though. for years, yeah, absolutely, for sure. But for years and years, I'll post a picture and they'll be like, when, when are you going to show your spine? And it's <laughs> like, well. I want someone to have like a weird fetish towards me. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's interesting when you can like provide something for someone that's like unique and. Yeah, right? I, I, that's how I like to think of King. Yeah, I used to, I so I grew up, um, which is funny that I'm in this, I grew up. I didn't grow up very religious. I shouldn't say that. But I went to private Catholic school from 3 to 18. Mm-hmm. Private Catholic school from preschool through high school. Wow, yeah. Which says a lot about Yeah, what was now. your sex education like? Uh, that, and that's the thing. That's what I wanted to talk about, too, was my sex education was literally nothing. Mm-hmm. We were told that if you have sex before marriage, you'll go to hell. Uh, and we were told mm-hmm. abortion is bad. Yep. And that was literally it. I didn't get, I didn't even get, like, the shitty public school sex education. Yeah. I got nothing. And Or you got, like, abstinence. No. You didn't even get abstinence. No. They, they like, it's almost, and I don't know if this was my school or how it is, but they just, like, didn't want to talk about it. Hmm. Like, it was, like, they just didn't even want to think about it. They didn't want to talk about it. They didn't want, they thought, like, if we don't talk about it, you guys won't do it. Wow. And, which was obviously wrong. Everybody was having wow, sex. Wow, yeah. Oh. Numerous people. This is actually a terrible it's not funny at all but it's kind of funny it's it's very ironic this one couple in my high school very notoriously um most people in my high school were like normal 16 year olds where it's like yeah we all go to catholic school but like we're still gonna do whatever the fuck we want and then there are of course the kids that are really about it and they mm-hmm. are they are leading the retreats and they're you yeah. know you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah and this couple was one of those couples they wow. really love jesus and um but they were secretly freaks right but they well they, i don't know no they were not secretly well maybe they're now secretly freaks they weren't are they still together they were saving themselves till marriage and they this whole thing and then they apparently saved themselves until junior year they've been there since freshman year mm. they decided to have sex and they got pregnant. No, but it happens that way, doesn't yeah. it? Probably because they were only taught like purity. Exactly. And they weren't maybe if they had proper a, sex ed, mm-hmm. they would have known about contraception. Yeah. Or if they're maybe their parents well, they were, were more Catholic, open about right? it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, wow. Well, I went to a Christian school. Okay. And ours was super like don't get pregnant. Right. They didn't really even care about what went around. Don't get pregnant okay. as long as you did not get pregnant. That's, and it was very much like you, you will be. I mean, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's great. But it wasn't like informed don't get pregnant. Right. It was like carry around a baby for a week oh, because God. getting pregnant is bad. And like <laughs> don't get pregnant until you're married because getting pregnant as a teenager is going to be embarrassing for the school and for your family. Oh, my. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, like a little abstinence. But, like, mostly just non-existent. It was very, like, one week was, if you do meth, you will fall into a pool and break your neck. And then the next <laughs> week was, don't get pregnant, because it will be super embarrassing for everyone. Isn't it crazy what they tell you when it comes to, like, drugs and sex and stuff like that? Our oh, big yeah. one in my high school was, um, don't do uh, hallucinogens, because you will jump off a Always a jumping roof. off a You're roof. always jumping yeah. off a roof. Always. And, like, I've, I've done... It's like I've, one person. It's like, I do shrooms, and I've never been like, I'm going to go jump off that roof. No, never. Like, well, I'm I pretty... remember getting to college and being like, oh, people, like, do cocaine. 
like in the world. I I was the same way. <laughs> I was the same way, which is funny because I'm from Miami, so you think I would have been around it more. Yeah. But to, growing up when I was super young, cocaine was the exact same as like heroin. And yes, meth. it was the same. It was like thing. in that it same was the boat. equivalent. And then yep. you like become like a young adult, and you're like, oh, coke is weed. <laughs> no, it's yeah. Well, no, <laughs> like, but, like, but like it's around like that, and yeah, that's kind of crazy. Is. It is. I remember in college, everyone was like, yeah, like this is cocaine. Like people, <laughs> like normal people do it. Like right, it's totally that, fine. Like, like you're not normal lives yeah. that you could like see yourself being friends with versus yeah. in high school you're like oh they're a coke addict it's yeah. like crazy it's the equivalent of like lying in a ditch yeah. on heroin <laughs> exactly and exactly yeah. um so today's word of the day i thought i never so my word of the day is never like fitting for the topic Great. it's a random word of the day but today i thought we should oh so it's anal beads Love it. So for those of you who don't know what anal beads are, it's a sex toy consisting of multiple spheres or balls attached together in a series which are continuously inserted into the anus and then removed with varying speeds depending on the desired effect. So go out there, research it, see if it's something you're interested in, use your word of the day in a sentence at some point if you can. (laughs) I love that word of the day. It's a good one. Because it's not like a typical anal term. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's it's actually... It's a level two. Level three, maybe. How many levels are there? I don't know. I guess, like... Well, I guess we if could come up with the levels. If there's five levels, where would anal beads fall? I would say... Three? Two and a half or three. Two and a half. Okay. Okay. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like... I think it looks a little more three than it is. That's true. That's very true. But I think maybe in practice, it's probably like a two and a half. That's very, very true. It it definitely looks more intimidating than it actually is. And I think with like all like anal levels, it's just like a little more intimidating on the surface than other types of pleasure. Oh, absolutely. Speaking of, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about and um, is in general, the stigma around sex toys. And as a female, I think my first instinct when I was thinking about our episode was the stigma around women using sex toys. And it's like, you have to be this like vixen dominatrix if you like have a chest full of sex toys. But then I got to thinking about it, I'm like, oh, there's a just as big, if not bigger of a stigma around men using sex toys. Because it's like, nowadays, I, and of course, I live in a bubble because I'm in LA, and so people are just more and open. And you have a podcast, talking and I, about right? Sex and I'm in, and I'm in the yeah. sex world, and so it's I, I'm definitely in a bubble. But it's like I know most women I know have at least one sex toy, sure. And it's totally it's the most normal thing in the mm-hmm. world. But it's like if there is a guy who's like, yeah, I have a couple flashlights. It's like instantly, it's like a different. They're like met with a different, yeah, thing. And I'm like, oh, there's a stigma for sure. I wonder why. I think it I might know. be like people think women need sex toys. Okay. And I think that, like, pleasure for women is considered, like, more difficult. Mm-hmm. And maybe, f- I mean, I'm just guessing. Like, the assumption is is that, like, for a guy, it's, like, very easy or that it's it's right. just, like, it's... Like, oh, you can't find somebody to have sex with? You have yeah. to use that versus... Or, like, like, your hand won't do. Right. Right. Of. Right. Yeah, like, it yeah. feels like art, like, super accessory to have. Yeah a sex toy for a guy whereas I I don't know that I have actually never really encountered any guy I know with a flashlight I don't think I only knew of one and I from what from what he told me he he mostly he liked it obviously but he mostly used it because he had a problem with finishing a little quickly and so he'd use it as practice that's great and he was super open about that which I I really like I think that's great I think that like 
I've definitely encountered some people that could use the practice. Yes, exactly. And instead of being like ashamed about it and weird and just like not talking about it and like getting awkward and then like ignoring it, he's taking some initiative. Yeah. Which I think is really great. I think that's great. Yeah, I like that he was just open about it, which I think is really cool. Yeah, when I was 18, I think, maybe Mm -hmm. 17, I bought like the egg flashlight for okay. my high school boyfriend and okay. it's like the inside of the flashlight but it's in this like form of like an egg it's okay. very weird it's not like the full flashlight okay but I like bought it for him because I thought it was funny I thought yes. it was cool and I was like excited to explore sex toys at a pretty young age yes. actually and I was there and I was like oh all of these are for me I want to get something for him yes and he seems to love it that's great. And it, I didn't feel weird that he had it or loved I it. I love that you were exploring sex toys at a young age. Oh, I had yeah. mad Catholic guilt up until, like, my 20s. Oh, wow. And so I was a very late bloomer. I didn't even have my first vibrator until my 20s. Well, I didn't have a vibrator, actually, with all of my sex toy really? purchases. Yeah. I had, like, a lot of accessories, I feel like. Okay. So it was and more, I had, like, like partner? Was it more, like, partner? It's, like, stuff for you and your partner versus, partner like, solo stuff. stuff? Okay. Um, And I had, like, a tiny little bullet vibrator, yes. but not, like, a full, like... I feel like when you hear vibrator, you think of, like in Sex and the City when Charlotte gets like that huge rabbit yes. <laughs> and yes. won't come out of her room. Definitely. <laughs> and like I definitely know people whose first sex toy was like a huge like dual stimulating vibrator. Right. Which can be intimidating. Oh I didn't get my first one until like last year. Yeah. <laughs> like and and it's interesting because I feel like that is what people think of immediately as like the introduction like introductory level toy. Yes. But it's, like, so not introductory level. Yeah. Like, oh, my goodness, no. Like, not at all. Not at all. But I but I feel the same way. I actually similarly um, explored sex toys with a partner before I explored them with myself. Oh, Probably, great. I think, maybe with a cock ring first. Sure. I think that's a very classic one. Yeah, it is. Because I also think we... Well, they sell them, like, next to condoms at yes. some drugstores. Yes. And I feel like that it's makes It's way more them, accessible. It makes them seem like... Like like something that's like a, an addition, like For sure. lube. That's and you like can even not, get it like Spencer's, I yeah, think, probably. Like yeah. Oh, I've definitely bought a friend a giant vibrator at Spencer's <laughs> before. <laughs> oh yeah, I at the Hudson Valley Mall upstate. Oh, okay, yeah. there's like a really tacky Spencer's, and I, love I definitely a good tacky and Spencer's. I had a friend who was like super like horny, sexually powerful woman. Yes, and she never had a vibrator, and I remember learning it and buying one for her immediately because she was like totally the a great candidate for a vibrator and for like sitting in her room for days masturbating I love that I I have met a couple women recently I think just the more I'm talking about sex the more I'm talking about sex with with friends and stuff no that's the best part about talking about sex right that it gets other people to talk about sex absolutely that's been like one of my favorite things that I get feedback from is like other women who were like I'm just like more open now and I'm like I love to hear that so much me too Um, but I've met women around my I'm 26 so around you know mid-20s to like late 20s early 30s who were like I actually have never masturbated whoa yeah I've never I haven't encountered this yes um and I'm like, Whoa. oh, wait, just wait. Just this, I'm so excited to go on this journey with you. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. I'm like, I'm Did, so- have you seen them since? Are yeah. they just locked in their room? Well, no. Um, yeah, right? Because <laughs> that was definitely me when I first realized. But um, I, I was a late bloomer also on masturbating. I was not in my 20s, but I was definitely later on in high school versus, like, some girls I know started at, like, maybe closer to, like, 13 or 14, which I think is probably average. I would say 14, yeah, sure. 13 to like 15, I think is 
I think I was 15. Um, But I was definitely on the later side. I was probably like 18 maybe. And um, yeah, it's just, it opens up a whole new world. But I think it's, of course, you don't need a toy to masturbate. But I think that this goes back to like what we're talking about with tango and stuff. It's like for women, especially and young women, it's hard to like make that first jump. Absolutely. Into like putting it into Google Mm -hmm. and like making that first purchase. Oh, absolutely. And I think when I was buying sex toys in high school, there wasn't an online component in any capacity. Oh, really? I don't think so. I mean, like that whole idea of direct-to-consumer wasn't really a part of my high school experience at all. I feel like that was like, that was college for me. Yeah. And so I had to, I had my cousin. I had a cousin who was like 10 years older than me. Uh And she used to be my cover when I wanted to like go out late at night or like stay at my boyfriend's. And she would tell my mom that I was there. You were sleeping over, yeah. And she took me to a sex toy shop. That's great that you had that. And was just like, yeah, you should get a sex toy because they're awesome. And I was like, oh, great. Cool. I'll get one. Like, it wasn't even. Oh, that's great that you had that. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was a huge, it was great. It was like having an older sister. Right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll jump back into it. Um, And then I feel like on the opposite spectrum for men, I know we talked a little about fleshlights, but also men and anal play toys. It's such oh. a, there's such a stigma around it. It's such it. a stigma. It's a huge leap for most men, I think. It is. And I, I, I always make the joke when people are like, but oh, what But not just if- toys. I think like anal play in general. Absolutely. And one of the things, a big question I get a lot of times from men is like, what do people want you to talk about? Like, what are you getting questions about? Like, mm-hmm. what's like a big thing in sex right now? And I'm always like, butt stuff for men is blowing up right now. Yeah. And for I everyone, I think. It. For everyone. But it's like, I love... I love to see it with men because it's just, like, it warms my heart. Oh, that, like, absolutely. they're feeling more comfortable and, like, realizing that it doesn't, like, emasculate them in any way. Oh, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely blowing up. It's I've been making this joke <laughs> that, like, I really want our intern to take on a project of trying to, like, dig through pop culture in the last, like, hundred years and yeah. try to identify a timeline of anal play being introduced into pop culture, like, in any reference. Yeah. And I want them, my, my intern's awesome, and I want him to pull together, like, a, like a timeline right. of, like, anal experience in pop culture. I love that. I feel like it's... St- I'll send it to you when he does please. it. Please. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, I could be totally wrong, but I feel like it kind of started with, like, this whole thing of, like, eating ass. Eating ass, I feel, yes. Eating ass was kind of when it when it blew up, though. Right. I feel like it, there were, like, things being dropped in before mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But eating ass is huge. It is. And I love that it's kind of, like, it. I think it helps that, like, a lot of rappers are talking about it. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, rappers are, like, by default considered, like, very masculine. Sure. Right? And it's, like, so for them to be, like, to talk about how they like getting their ass eaten. Yeah. Or whatever. It's, like, it, it makes guys be, like, oh, okay. If, if he likes it, then I... And I guess I can try it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that a lot of men are shocked at the willingness of women to eat ass. Uh, oh, I do too. Which is funny because, like, guys will do anything to a woman's body, I feel like. Yeah. like there's well, I mean, no spot that they are, like, not interested in, like, licking at any point. Yeah, your ass is just so close. Like, if you're going right. down on a woman, yes. like, you're kind of there already. It just happens. For the most part, I think it's just natural for you to take a detour. Yes, exactly. <laughs> just for a minute. It is a little bit harder for women to get there. Yeah, you definitely it's have to a pull bit more a maneuver. Of a track. Yeah. <laughs> But in my experience, I have never, ever had a guy be like, no, 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 don't do that. I mean, I've I've definitely had, like, a brief, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. 
but then like once it's like no don't worry just a detour it's like it's always it's always fine <laughs> I love I, that line no, yeah just a detour. <laughs> I've never not... had a full stop but I've definitely had like a oh yeah right I've definitely had but the moment where like never had a full stop I've never had a full stop I've had full stops for finger in the butt me too I have too but in in my experience I think I could be wrong but from how I was reading it it was more of like this is new this is intense and less of like I don't like this it was more of just like Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes hand in hand. Yeah, that's right. Because I think like it, the the more tense someone is, the less likely they are to enjoy that finger in the butt. Of course, right? Like Absolutely. the way that their body's moving is yes. isn't gonna. They're not gonna be able to receive that kind of pleasure. Yeah, and I think that like it's really like getting someone to relax enough to mm-hmm. be able to enjoy. Right. That uh, that that new experience. Yes, yeah. I think that goes for like a lot of things in experimentation. Yeah, and sex is like everything is so much better if you just like relax. Everything versus like going into it and being very like scared about it or tense or whatever. It's like even if you don't love something, if you're like super willing and open to try it, it's like it's not going to be a bad experience. Yeah, it might not necessarily be for you. Yeah, but like it's not going to be a bad. I've, I've you'll be able to recently. get something from it. Exactly. Like even if it's not something that can like maybe give you an orgasm or provide like the most maximum amount of pleasure. Right. I've definitely had moments where I've thought like, whoa, that was so weird and new. Yes. And I don't even know same. if I liked it, but I know I didn't not like it. Yes. Yes. I feel the exact same way when I do things that like I always make the joke that I'm like, I'm such a bottom. But, oh, me um, too. I'm a brat. <laughs> I'm such a brat. I found that word um, like a year ago I was when I was working at Playboy and I forgot what we were doing, but... It's a very Playboy thing, but we were all taking like a BDSM like a quiz. quiz. You know yeah. what I mean? Classic. And I had never and and the the quiz was great because not only did it tell you everything, all the different things and what percentage you were, but then it like it it defined them. Yeah. And so you learned a lot. Yeah. And I re- I remember the first time I read Brat and being like, oh my god, this is like, this is right up there with like reading pansexual and being like, oh, that's me. It's, oh, wow. like, right up there with that. It's, like, brat and being like, oh, my God. I think I was, like, a 99% brat. I was really, really high. Yeah. And it's funny because I, the guy I was seeing at the time, I had him take two. And, like, my top was three. Was he a brat tamer? Yes, I was. His, <laughs> so my top three tamer. were, like, brat, um, submissive, and like rope bunny, and then we had the same top, ones. Yeah. We, did, we had the same answers. Great. And then his top three were like brat tamer, uh, rigger, and, yeah. and 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 dom. And dom. I was like, I was like, this makes so much. Sense. I love it. <laughs> you know, I actually need to take it again because I would hazard a guess and say that I am probably no longer a brat. Really? Yeah. Do you feel like your whatever that is, your your kinks or whatever you like fall in on the BDSM spectrum changes often? I've had like a like a queerer summer than I've ever had. Okay. Like I'm, I love that sentence so much. Yeah, I like I mean, that. I I like you know I'm I'm just a bisexual living in Brooklyn, like right. we all are. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like this summer has like definitely been like a little more experimental, and I think that like the more experimental I am, the more I remember that like oh, I'm not really a brat. Like, maybe I was just a brat in that one relationship. Okay. Or with, like, or that one tendency. Like, when you're getting, like, when I'm feeling, like, lazy or, like, less right. adventurous. Right, for sure. That's- and I'm sure I fall into that, like, at my baseline. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely been enjoying, like, learning about the new and, like, sides of, of absolutely me and where I fall on that spectrum. I feel the same way. I've had a very experimental experimental experiential 
Maybe both. I don't know. Yeah, but honestly, both. Um, uh, summer as well. And again, I think a lot from like the podcast. It's just like ch- kind of changing me. Absolutely. Um, as a person. And I've always, like I said, made the joke like I'm such a bottom, whatever, I'm a brat. And then recently I've been like experimenting with, with switching that up. And be being the more dominant person. And at first I like didn't think I'd like it, but again I'm open to trying anything. Yeah. And then the moment I'm like, oh Yeah. This hits different. I'm I'm really I could I understand this. I understand the I I just I understand being I've always been like, oh, it's so much fun to be like thrown around, but like no, the opposite side is it really can be fun. Hot. It's it can be very hot. hot. Having that power. Yeah. Just some power sh- change in general is always very, very interesting. With of course. I mean, I, the one kind of hold up for me when I'm really in power and like dominating is that I, I'm not as relaxed. Okay. And I'm, and I'm enjoying it. I love it. I think it's like totally sexy, totally exciting and fun. But I'm definitely going to be more focused on giving pleasure than receiving. And receiving is definitely, like, a little more difficult for me if I'm not in, like, a more submissive position. For sure. Absolutely. Um, So a funny thing when I was doing research for this episode, I wanted to know a little about the history of sex toys. And I found out some very interesting things. First of all, I thought that sex toys were not that old. Oh, they're old. They're so old. They're Ancient Greeks. Yep. We're using dildos. Mm-hmm. That shocked me. 100%. Yeah. It's just like, I guess I just assumed when I think of like old, I think of like puritanical old. And I don't realize like before that, everybody was like doing whatever the fuck they Super wanted. Super kinky. Super kinky. Super queer. Yeah. And then it's like we went in this weird other place. And then, yeah, now hopefully we're getting back to this great sexual revolution. Oh, but like, absolutely. It's like you think of old school and you think of like, not no sex and then you go back even further and you're like no there's a lot so oh, there's like, a lot I mean I was a theater major so I immediately think of like Dionysus yeah. and like the Bacchae yeah. and I'm thinking like I think orgies like if you if you ask me about like the history of sex I'm yeah. like let me take you back to uh the Bacchanal <laughs> I love that my immediate reaction I actually have a friend who is like an orthodox Jew okay and she recently came out to her her parents as being a lesbian okay and her dad was like do you know why God commands man to lie with a woman. And she was like, no, tell me why, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, being gay is natural. Women like women more. Men like men more. Like, that is what the, like, the Greeks did. Yeah. They were so gay. <laughs> and if they so were so gay. gay. And, if, <laughs> and if we didn't, if we weren't commanded to, like, man to lie with a woman, like, we would all just be super gay. Wow. And I was like, I love this read. I really love that. I, de- I was like, I deeply respect his approach to talking about it. I do too. It's, it's, I've never heard that approach before and I love that. It's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had no idea about that. I didn't know about hand-cranked vibrators that were apparently yeah. a thing, which is mm-hmm. sounds it's difficult. It's like a whole machine. Like, yeah. <laughs> I saw pictures. I wish that I could like, I always say I wish that I had like a, like a PowerPoint presentation thing, yeah. like, like put stuff up, but um, they looked very difficult. Yeah, they <laughs> look like, huge. It's like a whole secondary a whole, machine, yes. almost powering the vibration. And it's funny earlier you said when you're um, in more of a submissive role, you have to be like very relaxed. Mm-hmm. I have to be like, for most women, I think I have to be like really into it to like orgasm. Like I have to be like, okay, 
this is gonna happen now and I have to <laughs> you know what I mean you like have to it's will like, it I have to will it yes absolutely and I have to be very relaxed I can't if there's like a distraction it takes me out of it like I just like, yeah, I have to be very way. focused and so like in certain positions I'm like that's this is fine but like there's it's not gonna, there's no way it's gonna I'm oh, doing I'm are, doing too much there are positions where I'm like this is great and all but there's no chance yes yeah. reverse but, cowgirl will it'll never happen for me I had I'm, one I'm doing really bad reverse cowgirl experience in the back of a car and well that's since, that's also very bold to do reverse cowgirl so in the back of a car I don't know I was <laughs> young I was young I wasn't thinking I love that and since then whenever it gets brought up I'm like oh no <laughs> you're triggered I don't know if I can fully triggered oh, oh my god it yeah. was tragic it's yeah it's a very whatever thing for me I know that the guy I'm seeing and most guys like it but I'm just sometimes I'm like this is I need to this is my knees now hurt. Yeah, and just it's a workout. <laughs> it's such a workout. You definitely have to do some hot yoga before. Absolutely, and I'm definitely not going to come from that position. No chance. But even when I'm like using a vibrator or something, it's like I have to know that like my roommates aren't going to be like walking in and out of their bedrooms. I can't be yeah. like door slamming. If I can't have like the office on, like I can't like hear oh, yeah. Michael Scott. Like I just I like it's like I have to be very kind of like. I'm the same way. Focused. So having to crank with my hand, no, with my uh, other hand. Good. Yeah. And don't that don't point, do that work. Just use your hand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and then a little bit later on, which I found was that strap-ons were first made for heterosexual couples and for men to wear who had impotence. Whoa. Yeah. Which is a little sad. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, I was very shocked by that. I mean, it it's makes sense. It's interesting that they made strap-ons for men to wear. I know. That's so interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting. Because I feel like back to the stigma question. Yes. Is like men are definitely super like intimidated and feel like almost like comp- in competition with dildos and vibrators. Yeah, oh, so absolutely. So for someone with impotence to want to use a strap-on Definitely, actually, takes like a pretty secure person. Good for them. Yeah, to want to like pleasure their partner, so much even so if they are able to yeah. with their own body. I think that's actually kind of that's kind of amazing. Yeah, but something that I'm shocked to learn. And I wonder if men are doing that today. I wonder too. I would love to know if you're a man suffering from impotence, or if you actually in general ever pleasured your female partner wearing a strap-on, let us know, because I'd be very curious. I would love to interview that person. Also, wearing a strap-on as a female is very intimidating. Wearing a strap-on for anyone is very intimidating. I think they're so cool and hot. I do, yes, after I'm comfortable. Like, sure. Immediately, I'm like, (laughs) I get that. You know, in the mirror, you're like, yeah. I need a second to process this. And then you're like, okay, I'm good to go. It's like, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in, immediately, like, the first time I was like, that's, okay, this is on me. This is happening. This is <laughs> Yeah, this is I think that's almost how I feel every time I try something new, though. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Like, yeah, a yeah, moment yeah. of, like, oh, you're just going to do this, <laughs> and it's going to be totally fine. <laughs> yes, I'm totally very agree. big on trying things. Like, I, I feel like... I've definitely tried to, like, rewire myself the last, like, year. Absolutely. And just say yes to everything. Like, try new things all the time. Yes. And I'm, I'm, like, a very neurotic person. Mm -hmm. And yet, for some reason, I have no problem, like, diving in blind. Okay. And taking risk, like, extreme risk. Do you feel like you are, do you feel like your sex life for you personally is better because of that? Yeah. 
Because you're willing to take risks. I think it makes me more communicative. I don't know okay. if the actual product is better. Like, if, if it yields better pleasure, I'm not sure. But it definitely yields better experiences. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And I've definitely been in positions where I've been unable to advocate for myself. And that is no longer, thankfully, no yes. longer, like, part of my life and I haven't been in that position for a long time and I've been super excited to be communicative Mm -hmm. and I think that like that's the risk almost because as soon as you like open that door to like be be able to talk about things that are like kinky or or strange or like experimental kind of flows yeah oh absolutely next thing you know you've asked for like 10 different things yeah. that you've never done before and everyone's down and, and it's everyone's exciting. Down. Yeah. Well, I've, I've said this numerous times. I always, I always say this. I genuinely feel like exploring kink and like being quote unquote kinky with a partner is so much more incredibly intimate Absolutely. than just like regular sex, I guess. Regular yeah. for lack of a better term. But it's like I... Like traditional. Traditional. Yeah. It's like I... And I know people that are the opposite. It's like they're more willing to take risks with a stranger. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's the opposite. If I'm like having one night stand or not even one night stand, if it's just like casual sex with somebody that's not like my partner, yeah. I'm usually going down the traditional route. It's like really? you know that I start to really like you once I start asking for mm. things and getting kinky because I'm comfortable enough to do that. I think because of my role with Tango, uh-huh. I've changed like how I've put myself in relation to one night stands okay. or to the casual sex uh-huh. and I'm not going to put myself in that position at all mm-hmm. if I'm not interested and willing to be like super communicative yeah. communicative and kinky right off the bat and I love that. like I think like if there's one thing I don't know how to be a founder of a company right <laughs> but if there's one thing I think I don't know how to be a podcast yeah host, right so. <laughs> but, but if there's one thing I think I know I, I do believe truly I think I know this to be true you have to practice what you preach yeah and I think that's like a, a hard thing for a lot of people to do yeah but it has been like my mission I think it's why I love tango so much Mm -hmm. and I think it's why maybe tango works Uh is because like I truly live every day practicing what I'm preaching right and as soon as I started doing that I became a good founder and and I became a good leader and I became a good CEO to like my team right and I became a good partner like sexual partner friend partner like one date partner I I just became better at it right and like, I mean, I think practicing what you preach is, is like, is a super vague idea because it goes to whatever you believe in. Right. And it can, it can be applicable to anything. Absolutely. Which is what's great. Yeah. And yeah, I've been trying to do that as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And it's made me have just like happier sexual experiences. Same. Absolutely. I feel the same way. The more open I am with my partner about what I need and want to try, like I said, like you said, the more I'm just happier. Yeah. Even outside of the bedroom. Like it's just even if it's not that good. Like even if like maybe like that one sex session wasn't like mind blowing. Right. I still leave being like, that was so positive. Mm-hmm. I still enjoyed and I myself and I that still feel connected. Yeah, I always feel There's so much more connected. worse than not feeling connected to someone. It's true. Which like always happens to me if I'm drunk. I really try not to have drunk sex. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I need a couple of drinks to Well, if I have 
a couple drinks. I'm, <laughs> I'm trashed. I'm yeah. like, I'm very like, I have a one martini and I'm like super drunk. Wow. I thought I was a lightweight. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a lightweight, lightweight, but I'm more of like a three drink trashed. Oh no. Wow, you're, that's great. You're so, you don't have to spend hardly any money on alcohol. No, never. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I, it takes me like a month to finish a bottle of wine. <laughs> I love it. I mean it. It's awful. That's that I think it's great. So so uh before we wrap up, what advice would you give to somebody who is a very very beginner in sex toys and wants to start introducing them into their life, whether that's solo or with a partner? I just say solo always. Okay. I say introduce solo because you're going to be able to like explore in a way that's like honoring how you feel. Yeah. Um and like I, I know that obviously I'm biased because like Tango's hero product is a butt plug. Right. And I think a butt plug is one of the most incredible sex toys, mainly because it is truly beginner level. Like right. I think that a lot of people, like I said, like go towards like that huge vibrator thinking right. like this thing is supposed to give me like the most maximum amount of pleasure. Right. But at the end of the day, like you have to explore through pleasure mm-hmm. and like a butt plug is great because you you can use it and you can insert a butt plug and then like you can go from anywhere from there right, right? like you can have any type of sex uh-huh. from that moment right and i think that like there are other toys that like restrict the kind of sex like there are certain like positions you're not gonna be in when you're using a vibrator right and i think it like allows for you to be like mobile and hands-free and it can be used on everybody yeah, that's like, what I love about it, too. truly everybody. I yeah. mean, like, when I was building the brand Pillars for Tango, we hadn't truly yet settled on product yet. Okay. And I really felt like coming to a butt plug was most in line with our brand identity, which yeah. was to make toys for everybody. Right. And a butt plug is one of the only toys that I think is just synonymous with being universal, even right. though... Toys can be used by everybody. Of course. I mean, you can use a vibrator on any body part, on any type of body. You can use a vibrator to, like, run down someone's arm. Right. Right? Like, it, it's not – I think people think it's for women or for people with vaginas. Right. But use a vibrator on anyone. Yeah. Use it on any place of their body. Yeah. Like, it's great. But I think it takes a while to learn that. Versus And to be comfortable with really, that. Like you said, it's for – It's for everybody. It's for everyone. And also, yeah. I think, too – like across the spectrum of, of of queerness, it's for everyone. Absolutely. Which is now that you're saying it, it's like, oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Like two women, oh. two men, men and women, like literally any any, any type partnership, of couple. Any, any coupling. Yeah. And I think that like it's really important to I'm gonna back up for a second. I think that there's something amazing about how a butt plug introduces like this idea of penetration that's super okay. equal and mm-hmm. equitable. And I think that like we talked a lot about like men and stigma with sex toys and yeah. anal play and, and especially anal pleasure. Anal play, yeah, yeah. And I think that like there's like stigma not necessarily around anal play but around the idea of being penetrated. Yes. And I think that if you are someone who's never used a sex toy, if you're Mm male-bodied, if you are especially, like, a heterosexual, like, cis male Uh and are in the position to want to try a sex toy, I would say, like, get a really small beginner of a butt plug, like the one that Tango will sell very soon, (laughs) and, like, use it solo because I think it can be, like, a great way to introduce the idea of penetration. And I think, like, personally, introducing the concept of penetration in, like, heterosexual couplings to men is a good way to build empathy for the type of sex you are engaging with your female partner. Absolutely. That role reversal is incredibly intimate and 
really changes things. Yeah, because, like, women are traditionally, like, they're penetrated. Right. Like, that is the idea. Right. I'm never, and submissive. And submissive. And I'm never going into a sexual situation being like, oh, yeah, I probably won't get penetrated. Like, that's not right. the way that we're yeah. taught how to have heterosexual sex. Right. Which is why you brought up, like, the kind of the queerness that comes with a butt plug. Yeah. And I think that, like, with queer sex, you have to innovate. Right. Because you're not taught how to do it, which right. is why it's so amazing because there's no baseline, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is a baseline for heterosexual sex. Mm-hmm. We know what that is. We see it portrayed in media. We, yeah. That is the education we did have in high school or with our parents. Mm-hmm. And you you aren't learning about queer sex. There's, there's no baseline. Yeah. So you innovate and you do whatever feels good. And mm-hmm. you're really like building a game plan as you go which is really exciting taking chances and and just like you said exploring your body yeah and I think that that's where like the boundaries are drawn in the moment whereas I think with like heterosexual sex for men like that boundary of penetration is established at a really young age and I think just like cuts off a line of empathy for sure and also just like cuts off a line of a, a whole other like sector of pleasure that yeah. most hetero men don't even well, yeah I mean cis, close themselves cis men to. have prostates literally like yes. their bodies it's there were, we're built to enjoy this other kind of orgasm and which pleasure. goes back to your friend's dad's point honestly yes which is yeah exactly <laughs> we're all just supposed to be gay we're all just that's supposed what we've to be learned gay. today at the very least you're supposed to do butt stuff yes so. it's true but i mean ultimately like your body was designed to experience pleasure yeah like I think that's I think a lot about like the sacred and the sexual and mm-hmm. how like virginity is a concept that everyone's introduced to at a really young age yes. with sex education. Yes. And I'm trying to like not shy away from all of the sacred elements that are introduced in sex life. Right. Like virginity or like purity and like thinking about like how to like reinvent them or like mm-hmm. how to like reclaim them. Yeah. And I think like it's so amazing to think of virginity as still being sacred but also being like kinky and like you can have virginities like every day. Yeah. Like you can ha- like try something new like you just lost your virginity. Right. Like oh, and it's absolutely. still sacred yeah. and it just is the hundredth time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that concept. Yeah. I love that. And I mean I don't even know where I got that from, but... Well, just... it's amazing. Write it in your notes or something yeah, if you yeah, haven't yeah. already because it's great. Oh, it's in, it's in my notes. Don't worry. Amazing. I love to hear it. But, um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes. Thanks for having me. Uh, check out... It's tangowith.us. Mm-hmm. Check it out um, if you've never experienced any type of anal play. That's that's the place you should yep. go. So go to tangowith.us and check it out. Um, if you want to be on the podcast, if you want to... Uh, tell me a story that has to do with this episode or give me a new topic or ask me an advice question, um, you can leave me a voicemail. Call me at 424-245-5102. If you don't feel comfortable leaving a voicemail, you can also email me at wtgfypodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a good rating, write a few words. It really helps me out. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe, and I'll see you guys next time.